Welcome to another episode of Music Life Radio. I am your host, Dan Sauter. Music Life Radio is a free podcast available on iTunes and your interwebs at musicliferadio.com, and it features interviews and stories about and related to music. Today on Music Life Radio, Eric Kaur interviews Kate Knox about her role as an organizer for the international punk rock festival Bobfest. Bob stands for Bremen, Germany, Oakland, California, and Bath, England. And every couple of years or so, the festival rotates between these three cities. Folks come from all over to get together and enjoy lots of live music, attend events like picnics and art shows, and help raise money for friends in need. The festival is organized by committee, which coordinates venues, schedules the band, sells merchandise, and handles other logistics necessary for putting on a major event. Kate Knox has been helping to organize the festival since its inception in the mid-90s. Sit back and enjoy another episode of Music Life Radio, this one entitled Bobfest. My name is Eric Kaur. I play in the band Gunpowder, and I've been living in the Bay Area for about 20 years. And when I first came to visit uh, the Bay Area, Northern California, the person who came to the airport to pick me up was my future friend, Kate Knox. (laughs) And I remember getting off the airplane, and this is pre-9-11, so people could actually walk up to the boarding areas. And when planes were arriving, and I knew immediately that you were Kate, because you had about 15 colors of blue hair. It was fantastic. And a leather jacket covered in spikes. And I was like, I like this person. And you <laughs> gave me this huge hug and you said, welcome to California. And um, we've been friends ever since. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, I'm here with Kate Knox and she is one of the organizers of Bobfest. To kind of ground this a little bit is talking about, I'm thinking about like when I first got here, the whole thing, thing that was going on with like little arkansas the maxi pad and your place too if you want to talk about that because it seems like from my perspective things kind of like because i remember seeing all the bands seemed like a lot of connections were being made through that period yeah i mean i think the east bay punk scene was really vibrant in the 90s and we were all really young and so we didn't mind living in these gigantic communal punk houses with like 13 people and three bedrooms and we were know, young, lofts we? built into closets and things like that we actually had uh, somebody tattooing out of one of the loft closets at the maxi pad <laughs> for a long time there was a lot of music happening and a lot of people were moving to the bay area because of the music scene and because of the punk scene so yeah little arkansas was people from arkansas and there's the grimple boys who had come up from new mexico yeah. living in their van out front of little arkansas <laughs> And um, those kinds of connections were happening in Oakland. Um, previous to that, in the late 80s, uh, Fang um, had gone over to uh, do a tour in Europe, and my friend Lisa Diverter and I had gone over there to travel. Uh, we met up with Fang in Bremen, and there we connected with friends. I mean, people that we met there that were the same age as we were. Um, Bremen had a very similar scene to Oakland at that time. Uh, in terms of being a smaller scene near a big city, which was Hamburg. Um, but it was really vibrant. There was a lot of um, political activism and other things going on. And it felt like all those people that we met felt like immediate connections. They were just immediate friends and family. Um, and from Bremen, I went to... Uh, we met some people from England, and we went to England, and there we went to Bath, which is also another, which was another small scene, which was having an incredibly vibrant music um, scene at the time. Uh, Subhumans and uh, Knucklehead, and all these other bands that were coming out of Bath and Bristol, and it was the same thing. There was all these big squats and big group communal houses of of young punks and the that connection grew, and so from there we started visiting each other. Um, 
and and seeing each other in in you know Oakland and Bremen and Bath and Holland and all these other places. And so the first Bob Fest, I mean, we got the name Bob in a drunken night at this uh, great squat in Bath called Pulteney Grove. And our, my friend Jay and I and Daniel from Bremen, Daniel Bastian and Jay from Bath. Um, we're just drunk and we're like, Bremen, Oakland, Bath is so great. We're just like a family. We're friends. Blah, blah, blah. We're Bob. Ah, ha, ha. And we made up this wonderful song that none of us can remember, which I think <laughs> is probably a really good thing. <laughs> it's probably on the internet somewhere. There's probably a YouTube site with I it. I don't know because this was so before that that none of us remembered it after that night. But it was like this whole thing and everyone was like screaming and yelling, Bob, Bob. And it was just, it was just this fun thing. We never thought it would become anything. There was no intention behind it. Um, and uh, and then in 93, there was the first Bob Festival in England, and it kind of went from there. Um, we've done them every every year. We've done them every three years. We've had a number in Germany, more in Germany than anywhere else in Bremen. And it just kind of evolved. Uh, there was, like I said, there was never any intention of anything of behind it. There was just a way for friends to get together. And a lot of people that were our friends were in bands. Um, so that's how it all came about. Yeah, I remember when I moved out here is you, I would meet all these different people and it got to a point where I was no longer surprised when I'd find out someone was in a band because almost everyone was in a band. Right. You know, so it's just kind of a given. It's like, oh, we're going to see so-and-so's band tonight, and then they're playing. And I was like, okay, this is really cool, you know. And and it really was nice because there weren't a lot of places where you could find that level of a music scene where people were so involved and so mm-hmm. connected. And that level of organization where people were just getting together and making things happen, so... Yeah, and I think there was a lot of little venues. There was legal venues and bars, and then there was lots of you know little warehouses and things like that. And um, and <clears throat> I mean, true to you know, the, one of the kind of tenets of punk rock is that um, people playing music were no different than anybody else. And so um, that kind of intermingling was just uh, you know a, a huge product and the point of punk rock in a lot of ways. Um, and so. Uh, there was that ability to have all kinds of creativity and and uh, movement between different bands and th- different types of musicians and things like that. And as more people were, more music and kind of a Bay Area sound was being developed, then more people started coming because they were attracted to it. Uh, and and so it really uh, grew in that way. So. Some of the things I remember about punk rock when I was younger, because different cities would have different sounds yeah. and scenes. Like, like there were bands I really liked out of L.A., but like a lot of the scene that you would hear coming from LA wasn't anything I really wanted to be involved right. in. Versus like the Bay Area, the bands were really political, and the scene was always really there was always something really interesting going yeah. on. Yeah, and I think it was a lot more art involved. I mean, I think that was one of kind of the characteristics of the of the Northern California versus the Southern California scene, and I think that was true in the '80s as well. Is that you just had this kind of Orange County and LA hardcore scene, um, and that was really. Uh, kind of male driven um there's definitely a jock element to it and up here uh in San Francisco in the 80s and in Oakland in the 90s um uh, especially there was just a lot of art involved in it and so it was quirkier um I think there was a lot of stranger type of bands came a- about here in that way um and became more well known um people were not as afraid i think to experiment and go beyond kind of the sounds or the look or whatever was kind of prescribed at that point as as constituting punk rock um and i think that's one of the things that really drew interesting people here and i think that was one of the things about bremen and bath that was also very interesting at that time that's one of the things i think is so cool because i know that i as i've met over the years people from those different cities there are always people that I really like mm-hmm. where I've met people from other scenes, from other cities sometimes. And it's like, it's just like, you're really playing punk rock because we're not connecting on any level. <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. it's kind of interesting that they, there actually was that connection that happened. Yeah. It's kind of an amazing thing. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that that connection, you know, 20, 25 years later uh, is still there is really amazing. And that that kind of original group of friends that were still all really tight. In fact, a number of us all traveled to Mexico together after this last Bob Fest. And um, a way to make or break a friendship is <laughs> travel <laughs> together. Um, but we've all traveled together and we've all lived at each other's houses. I mean, one of the things I love is I look at pictures from the past two decades 
And and a lot of them, I have no idea what country they were in because the same posters are on the walls that were on the, the wall at my house and that were on the walls of my friends' houses in those two cities. It's the same people, yeah. you know, and we all, and you know, like, you know, old people will sit there and go, well, I think it was during this time. And no, 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 her hair's in a mohawk. So it was after blah, 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 you know, and it's, it's really fun though, because it, there was, I mean, there is, uh, we're all so similar in that way. Um, and we continue to be very close friends. And that's one of the things that I think makes Bob Fest a really special festival. Like just the love, you know, you can feel how happy everybody is to be there and just what a good time everybody's having. Um, and, and how great it is to just see each other and reconnect. Yeah. It's, it's funny. This last Bob Fest, I went out, I think four or five nights almost in a row, which <laughs> is something I never do anymore. And if I did that anywhere else, I would be so drained uh-huh. that I would just, I would, I'd probably get sick. I mean, I'd just be miserable. And, and every day I went, I felt better and better <laughs> yeah. and better. And there really was this, this energy and this vibe and a friendship and a kinship, really, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you don't feel at a regular venue. You don't feel at a regular gig, just a connection. Right. Well, and it's interesting, like the restarts um, who are from London, and I think... I don't remember which festival they played first. I think it may have been one of the Oakland ones, but um, they kind of were like, what's Bob, you know? And then we asked them to play. I think it was because I love them. And I think it was like, I want the restarts to play. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but, um, Kieran has said that a number of times it on could stage. Be bobble, then. Right. <laughs> right. Right. There, right. Right. But he said that a number of times on stage. Like they really look forward to playing Bobfest because it's different than any other festivals they ever play. And and he he talks about how you can just feel the you know the, the love in and the the happiness and the intensity of of spirit kind of in that way. And not to I hate kind of using some of those words, but um, yeah, you get that vibe that everybody's just really happy to be there. Um, and really happy to see each other. of what Bob is is outside of the music it's not just the concerts um, and and that we incorporate once again art shows and all these other pieces to it that aren't just part of like a typical punk rock concert where you go and camp out somewhere for three days and listen to like 36 bands and right. you know get wasted and go home and um, also there's been fundraisers involved with this right and- Right, for friends of ours that have become incapacitated through different things. So uh, we have a friend, Coma in Bremen, um, who, uh, as per his name, went into a coma a number of years ago. And he's, he's out of his coma, um, but he's wheelchair-bound um, and um, pretty restricted in his ability to communicate and things like that. He has like a, a alphabet tablet that he can communicate mm-hmm. with some. And he definitely 
there's some communication. Um, and he's definitely, uh, like our friend Steve Chin here in the States who had an aneurysm and is pretty incapacitated. There's definitely some understanding. Um, you know, Como will definitely try and like steal your beer if you're standing too close to his wheelchair <laughs> and things like that. Um, you know, and Steve, uh, you know, definitely has his, you know, parts of things that he understands. And so, uh, we do, we have auctions to raise money for them. And um, for Steve Chin, it helps pay for his physical therapy and the upkeep of the house that he lives in with his brother. Uh, Coma um, got um, what I can't remember the name of his favorite soccer team or football team, but he got rims for his wheelchair with <laughs> some right of them, on. and he was like that. It was he was so excited, like that. You know, he loves his rims for his wheelchair. So cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I guess he was able to go on like a holiday with an aide. Um, you know, because I think he's been in a wheelchair now for well over 10 years. And so, first one. So, that's really exciting. Uh, yeah, and so there's that part about taking care of each other as well. Um, our friends' children are now coming to BobFest, um, and that's really cool. I mean, we have pictures of, you know, five years old and um, and that kind of thing, and now some of them are becoming teenagers, and hopefully we'll be getting one of those bands together. And um, and so, there's definitely a generational, real familial piece to it that i think is very special yeah no it's it's uh it's interesting because it's it's um there's so many levels that it happens at Mm -hmm. and the connections are so multifaceted and and it's just fun to see i mean i i know i can't walk five feet with seeing somebody like having those oh my god moments of like i can't believe you know you know, I haven't seen you in so long, and right. blah blah blah. And then, but you're seeing that all around you too when you're there. It's like yeah. everybody's doing that, yelling you know? and hugging and jumping up and down and being excited. And yeah, yeah, yeah and it, it feels really neat. It does because it's kind of like I mean, we were talking earlier about the word punk rock. You know, the the words punk rock and how their meaning has become as nebulous as like the words God or love. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it means any person you walk to on the street because <laughs> could you give me a definition of punk rock? It will be completely different from the next right. person, the next person, the next person. And what I think is interesting about this is, again, it would be that anarchistic among the Bobfest people, too, most likely. But there is a real sense of community, and there's a sense that there's something more than just the people there. And there's, mm-hmm. and I, I love that there's actual there's political action happening. And there's people are doing, even beyond the music, people are really doing a lot of important things in their lives and people are taking action in their communities. And there's like this whole sense of like this interconnectedness. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I was doing an interview in Bremen, uh, Bob Fester two ago and, uh, the interviewer for the, the local magazine or newspaper was asking me why so many, um, people involved with Bob Fest were teachers. Mm. And I thought it was fascinating because I'd never really thought about that. But there is like a very high number of us are social workers or teachers or something like that on that level. And I think once again, it's because, I mean, there's this affinity among all of us. And so we're interested in the same things. And I, but you know, having that community and then taking what we create as a community among ourselves and taking it onto the greater world, I think is what's so important about political activism because we could insulate very easily and talk amongst ourselves about how things should be and that kind of thing. But that doesn't change anything. I mean, you have to move beyond your circle and and kind of break out. And I think in that way, it's really interesting as well because we all are very active in our communities in different ways in the cities that we live in. And people have lived in different places. So there's people in Oakland living in Bremen and in Bath, and and we've had people from Bath and Bremen living here, and that's been part of it too that's kept that connection. So it's been going on for a long time. I, I know this is going to be a hard one, but what would you say would be some of the high points? Like just some, if you, there's any particular stories, I mean, I can think of a few, but I know it's, it's kind of quite a Rolodex to go through. Right. On this one. That's tough. Um, I think Enya getting shot off the tree branch at the first Bob Festival is one that really sticks in my – she was on a tree branch and somebody pulled it down, you know, and she kind of oh, like, let go and <laughs> she went flying. Um, she was fine. Um, alcohol is wonderful for things like that. Um, and uh, I think um, though at the last Bath Festival, seeing Kieran and Marco's daughters um, on stage during the restarts was just – really exciting you know uh and so i think about those kinds of things but i mean i think for me more so i mean there's lots of funny drunken stories of people like falling down and doing silly stuff um but the parts that i remember the most are just having like great conversations with really good friends that i haven't seen uh in a long time um 
uh, the the Hoompa, which um, yes. to explaining Hoompa is hard, but there's this <laughs> band from Finland whose name I can't pronounce, but it means herring, and they're a cover band. But they um, it was three men in like black turtlenecks with synthesizers on bar stools, and they would play all these different songs, um, Hoompa style. So in their own way, they would cover everything from Billy Idol to Led Zeppelin or whatever. Um, and our friend Daniel and Brayman discovered them in one. Bob Festival just played it at the end of the Bob Festival and everybody just started dancing to it and dancing along. And so now every Bob Festival we end with Hoompa and we end with the CD and everybody dances and gets silly and all the young kids are like, what are these crazy old people doing? Why are they screaming and yelling over this weird synthesizer music? <laughs> They're like, this is what happens yeah. after 30. Right. Oh my God. Right. You know, and being totally ridiculous, you know, and, um, and so there's been all these great Hoompa moments. Um, and, uh, and this last Bob Fest in Oakland, we had a live Hoompa band. Um, and while they were covering, uh, one of the subhuman songs, Dick got up on stage and sang with them, which totally threw Jake, the singer of, of the Hoompa cover band, which that was really fun. And then Noah was there when they were covering Neurosis and he was dancing around to eat everything. Uh, I, everything I, I, I is wasn't Hoompa. even sure what was happening. I, I loved it because I mean, at one point I was like, okay, there's a fracas song. Everything's all right in the world. You know, there's right, right. something about fracas. It's like, right. Yeah. So, okay. so this Hoompa band covered songs of the bands that played Bob Fest, yeah. right? And so, yeah, and and so there's definitely Hoompa moments that were are are really fun. Um, I think one of my other favorite Bob Fest moments is uh, when my boyfriend Mikhail was in Jew Driver, and Jew Driver was playing, and he wanted to make a hood, like a kind of a KKK hood. Can you out explain of a, to people who don't know what Jew Driver is? Jew Driver is the as a parody band of. Um, uh, of a band called Screwdriver, which is this racist, um, uh, white, white supremacy band from England. And so these were Jewish guys doing a parody of, um, Screwdriver. So that's Jew Driver. And so <laughs> Mikhail wanted to create a hood out of a Care Bear, um, pillowcase, <laughs> right? And so he was, he were on our deck and there's a bunch of the Brits from Seven Crowns are there and Daniel from Bremen and some other people and us and, He's trying to make a hood and we can't get it to go right, you know, and we're trying to make it right. And Daniel's like, oh God. And so of course the German has to come, cuts, makes a couple cuts, <laughs> cuts the aisles, puts it over Mikhail's head and it's like perfectly draped. <laughs> and we were just, and there's this picture, we have this picture of Mikhail with his arm in the air with a Care Bear like clan hood on, you know, on our deck, you know, with the Germans laughing at him. And it's, you know, and it's just, yeah, that, that, it's like moments like that. There's just like thousands of moments like that that are always really fun. What are some of yours? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I, I remember when we played Bob Fest in Oakland, uh-huh. at the, that outdoor place. Uh, 7th Street? Is, I, the, is the East 7th Street house? Is I that think it? so. It was near where we used to practice. Yeah. The studio burned down. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I remember we got there and I had never seen Fracas before. I heard their music. I knew I loved the music, but I'd never seen them. And I I remember Joe getting up on stage. I don't know how it happened, but he jumped up on the side of a fence, fell face down in the bushes, came up covered in blood, and I was like, Wow. <laughs> and it's but it, and and then I think what the, the the guitar player slipped on his whiskey or something, right. or the band before had been doing shots during the set. I will kill you, fucker! Handing yeah. out shots of vodka to everybody. And yeah, then, but yeah. The, 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 like, the, that was like at one in the afternoon. Right. So the, the, the stage was slick with vodka, and then like the guitar player <laughs> fell over and knocked his Marshall stack right. over, and, <laughs> and it was just like this, just beautiful chaos. Right. You know, there's something about it that was just so like, um, yeah, this is how I should be spending my Sunday afternoons. So, right. Yeah, this is like.
thousand fists Punch me from behind When you're here You hear the voice of pain I love this night But I always hate this day For me, the moments have just been, um, there's just, there's so many, there, it's rare when you meet the people in your life that when you see them, you pick up where you left off. Yeah. Yeah. And I know like, this is one of the things that kept me going to this Bob Fest over and over and over again, night after night after night, because I couldn't wait to do more of that because mm-hmm. every day I'd show up and there'd be somebody I'd run into, whether it was Carol or Petra or whomever, and it was just like this sense of, ah, you yeah, know, and just like, yeah. and to be in like, it's like instant community at water, you know, it's just like, yeah. you feel like connected and surrounded and, and, and there are discussions that happen and I, it's hard to explain over in this context, but I mean, it's not mundane discussions. Right. It's not just, hey, how's it going? Kind of like, it's like people mean it when they ask and it, it yeah, and they want to know and they're interested in things outside of like the drunken night before or what happened at the last show, but yeah. also just in like the larger questions of how your life is. Yeah. And just like global perceptions of things and like, what what are you, what are you doing? Like, what are you really doing? What do you want to be doing? Right. And um, there's a passion to it that you don't have in a lot of interactions in life. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think it's just the day-to-day parts, the, just being there is such a wonderful experience. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think that's the thing. I mean, we've all talked about that, about how, you know, I mean, one of the things that's really great is that instead of having to say goodbye to your friends, you get to just be all see you in a couple years, if yeah. not before, and that's great. But um, as is how those connections stayed, and, and it is that kind of, you know, you really know who your true friends are when you haven't seen each other for a couple years. And there's that almost immediate feeling of comfort. Yeah. And there's not that awkwardness of like, so what have you been up to kind of thing. And it's more of like, hey, oh, my God, I have to tell you this. Or, you know, and, and the conversation, like you said, starts where it kind of left off. Yeah. And the friendship just feels continuous in that way. Um and And you catch up on all the changes that have happened. But fundamentally, these are the same people that you were hanging out with a couple years ago. And it's really, it's, it's a really special feeling. One story you shared with me a while back was, um, Fracas's bus trip through London at a Bob. Fest. Oh yeah. <laughs> that do, was, do you mind? On the way to, um, Bath and they had been in London and they were on the night bus, which is, um, most people in London would never take the night bus in London because it's a really dangerous bus. It's kind of like if when you used to take the F from San Francisco Sorry. to North Oakland and it would wind through every bad neighborhood in East Oakland before. This, this reminds me of a time when I played a show in North Hollywood. Uh-huh. And they said, before I got there, like, oh, my God, it's a, just be careful. It's a really scary neighborhood. I'm like, and I got there and I was like. This is not a scary. Right. This is actually a really nice neighborhood. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, right. It's all relative when you live here, but you know, yeah. And and but the night bus, it's like it's known for people getting beat up and those kinds of things. And so, all of Fracas was on the bus. Um, that was when Ron was playing with them and um, Ron Nichols and mm-hmm. uh, these what they call chavs got on the bus, which is young, um, usually white kids that wear gold chains and they're just toughs, you know, and. Um, and and started harassing a woman on the bus. And so Jesse Rosales stepped in and said, hey, don't do that. You can't do that. And a huge fight ensued. And these guys came on the bus and looked at everybody and thought they had the bus, you know, and that um, knives were pulled and things like that. And Fracas beat the shit out of these guys and completely surprised them because they really didn't think like that would happen to them. <laughs> Um, and so the bus had stopped and the police came and, you know, Fracas had some black eyes and things like that. But there is a trail of blood, <laughs> blood leaving for the bus, which was what the police were able to follow. And I, I don't know if they actually caught the guys. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, once again, they stepped in and 
you know, of course you can't watch that kind of thing happen, but I was really proud to call them my friends. Um, and they still got to Bobfest on time. So. And, and didn't they even <laughs> cut the guys, uh, somebody's, uh, cast off to play at Bob. Yeah. Fest well, yeah. So one of them broke their wrist. I think it was it Dan. I think Dan, um, uh, broke his wrist or, uh, yeah, I think it was. And so, no, it was Jesse. It was Jesse Rosales. Jesse broke his wrist, um, or part of, you know, or a bone anyways, and couldn't play. So he had it on for as long as he could. And then he cut it off so that they could play the show. So now that's a commitment. Yeah. Well, it's fracas too. Yeah. I mean, they, no, they no, can't I... play without pain. It's <laughs> 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 gotta be somebody's pain. Somebody's Usually gotta... it's theirs. Sometimes it's the audience's. No, teasing guys. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I, the last time, at the last Bob Fest, I was like, I, I was, I was going to use the restroom as Joe came, Joe came out. I'm like, how you doing, Joe? He's like, oh, I just puked. Time to go on stage. I'm like, damn, that's hardcore. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and he did. And it was awesome. You know, yeah. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. You know? <laughs> so one, one thing I'm just, I, 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 I'm th- I was thinking about even before the interview is I'm sure there's people listening who are going to be listening to this and they're going to, they're going to be like, oh my God. We've got to have Bob Fest. We've got to do something like this. Right. Can you give them a reality check? <laughs> and no. I mean, on one hand, I think that <laughs> every place should have a Bob Fest yes. and everybody should do something like this, but it's not something you just do. No, I mean, it's, it, you know, each one has gotten more organized. It's an incredible amount of work. Um, we start planning about a year ahead of time. I mean, we have a couple meetings and, and do a couple things, but the real work doesn't come until about three or four months ahead of time. And finding venues and all of those, I mean, there's just a zillion pieces to it. Um, putting it on costs money, and we've been lucky enough every time um, and worked hard to make it so that we can pay all the bands really well um, and have money left over for, you know, the next Bob. So each Bob Festival passes on cash to the next city that's putting it on um, to help them get started because there's always all these startup costs. Uh, it's really difficult because we aren't an organization, and so we work by consensus, and whoever wants to come to the planning meetings can come to the planning meetings. They're open. Um the work tends to be done by a smaller group of people, but everybody is involved in some way or another, and tons of people help out, lots of volunteers, uh, and there's logistics. I mean, we fed, we brought hot meals to each show um, and fed crew and band at every one, uh, and then there's merch and all these different pieces that you have to figure out. You need, you know, security and vast, vast amounts of alcohol. Um <laughs> And it's the alcohol sales um, at some of the venues that are what is what allows us to actually kind of make this, you know, it doesn't really make a profit, but allows us to pay the bands. Um, all the bands get paid equally. So all the European bands get paid equally. All the American bands get paid equally. Somebody um, uh, I was talking to about uh, paying the bands at this last one was really surprised that bands like the Subhumans didn't get paid more than um, bands like VVK. Um, and we, I mean, t- I know it never even occurred to me to scale it, <laughs> you know, I don't think any of us thought about it that way. I mean, it just never occurred to us. I mean, they're all coming equal distances, so why wouldn't they all get paid the same? Um, but I love that, you know, it's, it's, there, there's, there's the things like that, that we, you know, don't even question. Um, meetings can be really frustrating when people have lots of different ideas, um, and, uh, and people, you know, some people come to some meetings and other people come to other meetings and, um, and how things should get done. And it, it's, it can be very difficult hearing, you know what you should have done. <laughs> but, um, at the same time, I think, you know, they're, they're a great exercise in, in collectivism and, um, I don't know, just, you know, non-organizational ways of doing things. Um, you know, and we use every piece of our community in terms of putting on the art shows and, you know, friends of friends that help us get equipment and, you know, the brewery that helped let us, Linden Street Breweries that let us, you know, have two of the shows and, um, and bringing in all these different pieces. And so, you know, all of that comes into play. So it definitely takes a lot of work. Um, and it's really important that everybody's having a good time and is happy. Um, and the housing, you know, everybody has to, we have, you know, find places for everyone to stay and all of that. So, um, but everybody, everybody chips in on some level or another and people do what they're comfortable doing. And I think that's great too, because there's no judgment on that either. Everybody just does what they want to do 
in terms of helping out. And there's lots of ways to do it. And we got great, you know, emails from people asking to help and um, that we didn't know even, you know, and I thought that was really cool. Um, and I think it's easier in some cities than others. So Bremen probably has it the easiest because they have um, a government that promotes um, culture of all kinds. Mm-hmm. And so in the past, they've gotten even city funding to put on Bobfest. Wow. Um but they also have cultural centers where they can put on the concerts. They have a lot of things like that in place. Um, and, and so it's a little bit easier for them. And Bath is extremely hard because of their venues and because of how restrictive, um, alcohol sales and those kinds of things are. So I think they have it the hardest and we're kind of somewhere in between. So yeah, it's definitely a labor of love. Um, and it's feels great when it's happening and it's all going smoothly and it sucks when you're rushing somewhere at two in the morning trying to figure out where to get something that you need for the next day, you know, but I mean, I think uh, it's all fun. And at this last one, I thought we organized really well and all of us had a chance to actually enjoy the festival itself. Buried. In debt, I'm buried in debt. Buried in debt, I'm buried in debt. Making enough to live in a hole, surviving on what I've stole. They take it all and still want more. Bill collectors at my door. complimented us on how well organized the festival was. So when the Germans compliment you on how well organized the festival is, you know you did a good job. That is a big deal. So, yeah. Um, I, I think one of the hardest things for us in Oakland is figuring out what bands play. Yeah. Um, and basically that was the people who came and helped at well, every so single meeting. there's so many bands meeting. in Oakland too. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's so many. And everybody has ties. I mean, there's the bands that are just Bob bands and that have played all the Bob festivals and are just kind of givens. Um, Everything Must Go, you know, is definitely one of them, or Strychnine, or bands like that. But there are also people that come to the meetings, you know. Um, so we just basically, you know, laid it out as, you know, you come to the meetings, you come to all the meetings, and you work, and your band plays. And so those are the bands that played. And that that made it easy, you know. Um, and we've had bands, Oakland bands, that have refused to play because we didn't, we won't give the American bands guarantees and things like that. So. Oh, you're kidding. Uh-uh. Uh-oh. Okay, we won't mention no, names. No, we're not going to mention names. <laughs> <laughs> this is a positive interview. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll um, go, but we'll I think go hippie through this yeah. part. <laughs> and I think Guantanamo Bay was the only band that really didn't have volunteers, but um, they asked to play, and we knew that the Europeans would absolutely dig seeing Jello Bell's oh, yeah. band, and it was very exciting for them to see them in a small club, and they loved it. And um and I think Guantanamo Bay had a good time too. And I mean, I think as a band, it's a great venue. Um, I mean, you kind of get, once you play one Bob Fest, if you ask, you're kind of guaranteed a slot at the next one. Yeah. I mean, that's not a given, but if you ask, people will say yes. And, um, and in most cases, I think there's only one band that's banned from playing Bob festivals and we won't talk about that band either. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, and so, you know, in that way, it's really, Great, because, I mean, I think for bands, it really gets you exposure in a different way. Um, so it's, it's really beneficial. And then there's like the Bob comps and things like that. So you, um, you know, you're on a compilation with bands like, you know, the subhumans and the restarts and, you know, wonderful bands like that. So that's really exciting, I think, for a lot of bands as well. 
Yeah, no, it's it's really a nice opportunity from a musical perspective. Mm-hmm. And it just gets you connected to people and places yeah. that you never would have the opportunity to otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting too because I mean coming from, you know, a fairly small group of friends, the connections have just continued to grow in like weird fractal patterns, you know, and um and so there's there's connections between people, you know, we have like good friends from Edinburgh that come to all the Bob festivals. Now there's these kids that come up from New Mexico that come to Bob festivals because they met Corolla down in New Mexico when she was traveling down there, oh, wow. you know? And so, you know, it, it, it grows in those weird ways too. And then we also have this thing called the Bob flu um, that everybody usually gets sick at Bob festivals because some, you know, bands are touring. Because everybody's touring. Yeah. And so somebody comes in with an evil flu and then everybody gets it. And I always think of like those pandemic like maps you know what i mean where they're like why is it coming from bremen and then it goes like all over the world because you know some people will travel like friends of ours traveled to italy last time after the last bremen bob fest and bands went on tour and we had one friend that was going to israel and a bunch of us came back to the states and so we just infected everybody like worldwide you know but it's it's just you know it's an interesting way of thinking about how those connections grow and and change you know and um fleas and lice from grown again from holland have played a lot of bob festivals as well and they're kind of considered part of the family and so it's not you know there's no exclusivity it's just like wow you like this and you're friends and so you're part of it you know and and there's no kind of there's like i said there's no formal structure there's no rules there's no you know do you get to be a part of you just are you aren't you know when it's so cool too because i know like there's bands i've seen that nowhere else in the world would you have the like i remember years ago seeing corrupt play yeah, yeah. and that was, that was amazing the first oakland bob yeah they were so good right. and it was just like and it was just this it's like wow yeah there's nowhere else i'm gonna go see this right uh make it slayer overdrive you know yeah i mean it just yeah. you know it's it's just so cool it's like you know it's, and then you get all these bands you're seeing at the same time right and it's just like, wow, this is, you know, it's yeah. incredible. And you get fun. a really eclectic mix, which is also really interesting. Um, yeah. And, and it's neat to see all those musicians together. And once again, without the kind of trappings of who headlines over whom or whatever, you know. And uh, yeah, because at that Bob Fest, I think Citizen Fish played like r- right at the beginning of the last day. People were really upset about that. People that came to the show deliberately late, but um, we were worried about getting closed down. And so by the cops. And so we had them play early and people got really upset. <laughs> well, that sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Should have come to the whole show. I mean, we like purposely don't, you know, I, I, you know, like in the, in the booklet, we'll list the bands that are playing, but we purposely don't say what band plays at what time. Yeah. Cause everybody gets, a, deserves a chance to get seen. And, Towards the end of the Bobfest, when people are pretty burnt, you you know, often the the opening bands on Friday and Saturday and Sunday just don't get the kind of crowds that the later bands do, and you know that's a bummer for them because often they're bands that headline on their own, right. <laughs> you know, and so um, or close to, and so you know we kind of purposely leave it kind of a toss up and and so that people will just participate in the whole thing. And we've reduced the number of bands that play every night. I mean, we used to have like, I don't know, I think seven or something horrible like that. And <laughs> we're all well beyond that. We're like, you know, because we wanted to keep it to four. Well, that's I have to say. <laughs> one of the things I loved about this Bob Fest is didn't every show end at 11? Yeah, by 11, that 11.30. Was... We wanted people to be able to take part. Yeah. You know, and people work and it's, you know, but even the weekend shows, we ended early. But for the 40 plus crowd, that's pretty sweet too. Yeah. Put a plug in for that, you know. Right. Well, and that's why we know four or five bands and, and, you know, fairly short sets and just, you know, quick turnaround. So everyone shares backline, which is really cool that nobody makes fusses about that, you know, and people are willing to share all of their equipment so that we can get the, the turnover you know, between bands just can happen really fast. And so people get to, you know, see four or five bands. But yeah, we wanted four. We stretched it to five. We knew we'd have to. But Right. So just for people listening, the next one's in Bath. The next one's in Bath in 2013. Um, Almost always takes place the week... We've now, the only official decision we've made between the three Bob festivals is that it always happens the week leading up to or the week after Easter. Um, it's when people have vacation. Summers were too hard and it was too expensive for people to travel. Um, and so we've all agreed that that's when we're doing it. Um, which, uh, 
which is great because that was partly to to kind of like accommodate mine and other people's spring breaks and things like that. Um, and so so you can always you know guesstimate that it's going to be the week leading up to Easter or the week after. So that we were laughing about the British Bob, you know, because we had so much fun in Mexico. The thir- thirty of us went to Mexico after this last Bob Festival, and we we're saying, well, let's just do thirty six hours, thirty six bands, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll go to an island on Gre- in Greece. <laughs> Sounds really cool, actually. You know, it's just like when's your load in time? I don't know, three in the morning, you know. So. But um, no, you know that would be put, another fest called Meth Fest. Right, Somebody else right, would do. Right. That would be like. Uh, but um, Bath always puts on a really great, great, uh, great Bob Fest. Though their venues are small, so. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Was there anything else that people need to know about Bob, or about you, or any of your experience? <laughs> I don't know about me or Bob. No, I mean I think Bob's become really integral to a number of our lives, and um, it's because we. Um, made connections with people that we loved and cared about and then made an effort to keep those up. And, and we've done that with music and art and visiting each other and that kind of thing. And I, I think that's the most important thing is like really cool things can happen out of these connections that you make if you really put the effort into your friendships. Um, and, uh, and it's really neat to have oh, music still connecting us after all of these years. Um, and I mean, I think that's my relationship to music. It's like one of the most important things in my life. And I love, participating uh, in music when it crosses a number of different kinds of boundaries like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. But everybody should go to Bob Fest. Everybody should create their own. Everybody should make a community that works for them um, and, and, and reap the positive benefits from it. Well, I think uh, one of the things just to put a plug in here too, is that for the younger listeners, these connections were created pre-internet. Yep. Pre Facebook, free MySpace, pre MySpace. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was like this was this was at a time where people actually had to make an effort to stay connected. Yeah, you know, we were talking about work. Yeah, we were talking about that too. We're like, how did we do that first Oakland Bob Fest by phone? Like, I remember being furious with one of the English bands because none of them had answering machines, and so every time we'd call them, we couldn't get a yeah, hold of free them. Cell phones, right? And a phone oh. call to Europe would cost yeah, whatever, an unbelievable you know? amount of yeah, money. Yeah, and then the timing was always off. And I mean, I'm writing letters. Like, I remember writing letters to, hey, do you guys want to play Bob Fest? I've been trying to call you. <laughs> you know, and things like that. So, so some yeah. things have got a little easier. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. The internet has made things a lot easier. But hey, you know what? Bands are still bands. And, you know, <laughs> the Oakland bands drove us crazy. Everybody, you know, lovely people, but, you know, your local bands always make you crazy. That's oh, okay. yeah. That's what that, you know, but that's fine. Um, they also worked really hard and shared all their equipment and, and did great things. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, and just knowing what's possible is just, you know, uh, the, the, these things are all doable. Anybody can do them. You know, yeah. Anybody can set up a festival of music, anybody with very few resources and no official venues, like anybody can do it. Um, and I, and I think that's just, that's one of the really important definitions of punk rock is like, fuck it, do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Just go out there and do it. And it gets done. <laughs> it does. So cool. Um, Thanks, Eric. I don't really have any other questions cool. unless you have anything that you're just burning to let out. I think um, the bobfestival.com, um, all one word, is, uh, I think that's the website we're going to keep up and running. Paula Rhines, um, Paula Rohde is the one that set it up, I believe. And there you can um, get merch through there and you can still purchase the Bobfest CD. Um, and I think that the Bobfest CD, what we're doing is you pay what you want for it. Um, it's up to you, and then some of the proceeds go to Steve Chen, and people are being really generous, which is oh, great. Cool. But yeah, you can pay a penny, or you can pay ten dollars, whatever you think it's worth. Um, and and there's still some merch and things like that available. So yeah, thebobfestival.com. Check that one out. Keeping yourself open to all kinds of music is very important. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that I think you know. It's it's. I remember you know when I was a kid getting into punk rock and the illusion people had about music. Mm-hmm. especially musicians was like oh a punk rock musician only listens to punk rock music right no they'd be really bad punk rock musicians if that's all they <laughs> yeah did. i know it'd be really boring so <laughs> right anyway well thank you so much yeah, and um fun. glad we got to do this me too so. <laughs>
Kate Knox for bringing us the Bob Fest story. You can check out more about the Bob Fest at thebobfestival.com website. The music that you heard on the program today is all from the Bob Festival 2011 benefit compilation for Steve Chen. All money goes to the Steve Chen Medical Foundation to help pay for his bills. And you can name your own price for that album. We heard from that today A-Heads with Juvenile Pose Restarts with Dead Inside, Fracas playing Train Oil, Shiza Minnelli doing Buried in Debt, and Kicker with Bob Saw. Thanks again for checking out Music Live Radio, and we'll catch you next time.